this morning about what's... Well, I want to start this morning about what's so great about Christmas. And um, I'm sure we've got our own views on that. And if we were to go around the room and I was to ask you what your favourite thing, your very favourite thing is about Christmas, I'm pretty sure there'd be a lot of repeats. Time off, I'm sure, is one of them. Time with uh, friends and family, nice food... It's got to be up there, hasn't it? Pigs in blankets, little mid-morning tipple, cheese and chocolate any time. It's like the normal rules go out the window. There's a lot of nice things and a lot of great things, actually, about Christmas. But actually, we have a reason. We really have a great reason for the season, as people say, and that's Jesus, the amazing one, the gift of God himself. And I shared this uh, a little bit at the start of the meeting last week. I was listening to a song in PJ's car. I don't know what it was, and I, you know, as I said last week, I never, I don't know why, I never really remember too many lyrics from songs. So I don't even know what the line was, but it, it was about the birth of Jesus, and it just got me thinking how God himself came to earth in the form of a baby. Think of it. You know, he humbled himself and he came into a human body, not even a man initially, a human baby, limited himself to this tiny little human form, weak, vulnerable, dependent on human parents. And I just find that quite mind-blowing. And I just encourage you, take a moment and think about that. The God who created the heavens... Everything we can see, the stars, the planets, the whole universe, maker of heaven and earth, limited himself to the confines of one human baby. He couldn't do more than that baby could do. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. For 30 years, he did nothing supernatural. And I want to ask a question this morning, just to kind of get us thinking a little bit. Why was it important that he became human A lot of you will know the answer to that, but I'm going to tell you anyway. If he didn't become human, he couldn't die for our sins. There had to be a life before there could be a death. A human life. Because the penalty for sin is death. And because God couldn't ignore it, and he didn't want us to pay, he paid himself. Staggering. The thing is, we're all so familiar with this truth, but when you really stop to think about it, it literally is mind-blowing. And I want to tell you a story that I heard recently um, that kind of helps us understand this whole concept of justice and grace. Uh, There was a judge who had a friend who got caught for speeding and got a speeding ticket. And the friend came to him and he said, "Um, Judge, look, can you sort this out for me? You know, pull a few strings, get it dismissed. And left it like that. Anyway, a few weeks later, he went to see his friend, the judge, and he said, and so did you get it sorted? Everything all right? And the judge said, oh, yeah, it's sorted. It's paid for. He said, oh, no, 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 no. So sorry, I didn't want you to pay. And he said, were you guilty? Good question. Were you guilty? Were you speeding? Sheepishly, he answered, well, yeah, I did. And he said, if I'm a righteous judge, you know, and a good judge, I can't dismiss it, but 
but I can pay myself. Isn't that what Jesus did? God himself, he couldn't dismiss it. And so Jesus came himself so he could pay the penalty himself. God became human. It is amazing. If you really think about it, he became flesh and blood. And we're going to look at first scripture, Hebrews 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So he knows what it's like to be human. We can never say to him, you don't know what it's like to be X, Y, Z. He knows what it's like to feel tired. He knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to be opposed and criticized, spoken badly about, betrayed. He knows the lot. He's familiar with all the things that cause grief and sorrow. He is an understanding, compassionate God. And I have to say, I'm drawn to understanding compassionate people. I don't know about you. You're kind of warm to the ones that are more like that. you, You have confidence around understanding compassionate, gracious people, don't you? Well, we have an understanding, compassionate God. And we're going to look at verse 16. Next verse says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace, supernatural help, in time of need. Do you know, I've just had this thought, and I'm going to do it because I think it's a Jesus thought. I know it's a bit random. (laughs) Courage, this one says. Imagine in this box is mercy and grace to help in time of need. The answer, the answer that you are really wanting and hoping for and praying for, maybe have lost sight of ever seeing, but it's here. And it it is in the invisible realm for all of us, but by faith, we can just go to our Father and grab it, make it ours. It's, It's available, this is the thing. And the issue, the issue that the Lord, I believe, is wanting to restore in my life as well and all of our lives, really is faith. That when we pray... He hears. And more than that, praise God, he doesn't just hear, but he will answer. I think there's been a lot of discouragement, and I think there's been some undermining of the enemy, and the Lord is just wanting to restore that simple, childlike faith. When I go to him, he hears, and he will give me those things I ask for, because he's a good God. He's a compassionate, understanding, gracious God. If we were to go around, or if I was to go around the room, and I'm not going to, but I'm pretty sure I'd know the answer to this question. If I was to go around the room and ask you individually, how's your prayer life? I think the most common answer would be, could be better. Anybody? Could be better, if I'm honest. Could be better. You know, I, I could pray more. Or I, I never feel very good at it. You know? And I think if we go through the rest of our lives, however many years we've got here with that kind of attitude, we're never going to want to pray. Prayer's always going to be a duty, something that we have to do rather than the privilege and the lifeline that the Lord wants prayer to be for all of us. 
Um, Isaiah 56, 7 says, I'll make them joyful in my house of prayer. And I know we've heard that scripture before, but think about that. He wants us to be happy in the prayer room, wherever it is you go to pray, joyful. But the only way any of us ever get happy in prayer is when we're actually believing. He's heard, I'm going to get what I've asked for. This thing's mine. Take it by faith. And there's a, there's, a, there's a calmness to faith, isn't there? There's kind of a, you're not flustered by things when you come to faith. I was chatting to somebody this week and they just got so much going on. It was like one thing after another, after another, this kind of buffeting of the enemy. We all know what that feels like. Like three of those things would have been tough going, but then along came another four or five, you know? It's one of those times for her and she just said the thing is I just I got with Jesus and I just handed it over like swap now and imagine that's a negative this burden I just got with Jesus I handed it over and I left it there and I walked away trusting he was going to sort it out and she said I just her words were it's like I've taken a chill pill she just couldn't believe the own her own kind of calmness even when those things came to mind and she was faced with them calm and that's what he wants for all of us this calm faith and the joy in believing God's on it my heavenly father's sorting it 1 John 5 verse 4 says whatever's born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith our faith we all have a measure of it but We need to see it grow, not diminish, grow. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. It's the greatest asset we have. It's the greatest advantage in your life and my life is our faith. It's more precious than gold. It's more valuable than whatever you've got in your bank account because actually it gives us access to all the resources of God. I'm going to say it again. It's your greatest asset. It's the most valuable thing you have in your life is your faith. And that's why the enemy is hell-bent to steal it. Jesus is the giver of it. He is the thief. He wants to steal it and get us focused on all the negative facts, which produce a whole load of negative feelings. And all the time, he's saying, stop praying. Why are you bothering? Hasn't worked before. Why should it work now? Stop praying. doesn't make any difference. Waste of time. And it's like a barrage. A barrage of, and look at this, and look at that, and look at the other. Jesus says, look at me. Remember your God. Do not fear. I'm with you. Remember me. How much greater am I than this? How much able am I to even bend natural law and change the outcome. You know, there are many stories in process in this room. You're not at the end, but don't leave it to chance and the enemy. Pray the will of God right the ending. Come on. Men always ought to pray, or people always ought to pray, he says, and not lose heart. Not lose heart. Don't lose heart. Pray and trust. We've been singing it this morning. He's working. Even when I don't see it, 
He's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. So often there's time delays, aren't there? More often than not. I mean, praise God for the instance, but more often than not, there is a delay. And that delay time, we can get a lot of clap-trap from the enemy, uh, lies and suggestions and discouragement from the enemy. But one reason for this time delay actually is spiritual opposition. Um, Powers of darkness in heavenly places. You can read about it in Daniel that very much affect people and the stuff that happens on this earth. And you can get real insight. We're going to read a scripture in a minute in Daniel. But as soon as Daniel started praying, the Lord heard, it says. And as soon as Daniel started praying, the Lord commissioned an angel in response. Instant. However, because of the resistance of demonic forces, there was a delay of 21 days. Now, you may have had a delay of a whole lot longer than that. But Daniel, it says he was overwhelmed with sorrow. All his strength departed. And um, the angel reached out to strengthen him. And I love this verse in Daniel 10, verse 19. The angel said to him, do not be afraid. Just receive this yourself this morning. Do not be afraid. You who are highly esteemed, he said, peace. Be strong now, be strong. Peace, be strong now, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, speak my Lord, since you have given me strength. The amazing thing was, as the angel, messenger of God, spoke, he received strength. As the very words came out of the angel's mouth, strength came. It's an invisible substance that makes a great deal of difference to us even physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, strength came. And strength to persevere, it actually comes from the presence of the Lord. You know, when you're feeling heavy-hearted and you're looking at all the facts and you want to give up, don't go to him and just say, Lord, help me see it from your perspective. Earth's perspective is not looking too good at the minute, but help me see it from your perspective. What are you saying? Speak something fresh to me so that my faith will rise. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And there's a lot of things he authorizes, but because we lose heart, if you think of it like a race, because we lose heart midway, we kind of give up and sit down. But we need to pray, Lord, help me to continue. Strengthen me. To keep on believing, keep on speaking, so that I can see this right the way through to the end and the fulfillment of what you have promised. And I just want to talk a little bit about simple prayers, because I've noticed myself, when I start to pray kind of stressy, striving prayers, anybody know what I mean by that? Kind of, they, they, they normally happen at speed. There's kind of a lot of words, you know, in English or in tongues. However, it's stressy and it's not coming out of any faith. It's just an indication to me I'm not in faith at all. There's a whole lot of words, but not a whole lot of faith. And I know more and more, praise God, I'm recognizing it in myself more and more. Just stop. Just go back to Jesus and let him speak. A new promise Or maybe even an old promise, but as he speaks it, like that angel spoke to Daniel, substance of faith, something very real from God is imparted to you. You receive it 
like a present. And when that happens, I've noticed in myself, my prayers get quite short. Instead of being all these kind of stressy, striving, lots of words prayers, they tend to be one-liners, rifle shot prayers, if you like. Um, But short prayers with faith make a tremendous difference. They change things. And I just want to share... um, I can't go into details about it, but just a bit of testimony. Um, My cousin is going through a really, really tough time, really tough time at the moment, and my sister had a text from our auntie just letting her know some details. She phoned me, and I was like, you know, when you first hear bad news, it's like, oh, your heart, my heart went out to him. And um, I thought, well, I've got to ring him. I want to ring him, and I knew I just, I just had to ring him. But I, I went into stressy mode praying, because it's like, oh, where do I even begin? What do I even say? Lord, I, I need you to do this, and I'm sure he really needs that. And it was all, da, 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 like, the wheels are going, but the gear's not engaged, and it's just like wheels spinning. And I just sat down, I said, oh. I just had this thought, God's in me. God's in me, and so when I ring him, and when I speak to him, somehow... He'll get me to say the right things, just the right thing that's going to help him. And I kind of landed it. My one-liner short prayer was, Lord, help me to help him. And just in praying that, it was like in that short prayer, I received faith. Somehow in the course of this conversation, you're going to help me to help him. And um, anyway... The answer phone <laughs> went on, and, uh, but I left a message and he phoned me back. And actually, we had a great conversation, and I was able to remind him uh, of his faith that he had 30 years ago, an encounter with the Lord. He, as far as I know, isn't walking with the Lord at the moment, but it was an amazing opportunity. And I said, I'm going to phone you again in a couple of weeks. He said, oh, please do. Thanks. Thanks for reaching out. And... Um, Personally, I find it hard to apply my faith to long prayers. Because in all honesty, I forget what I've prayed for. I don't know if you're like that. It's like, what am I believing? What am I supposed to be Just short prayers. I can remember one sentence. I can remember one scripture. And I can apply my faith to that. Um, My neighbor, I'm praying a lot for her at the moment. She's her... 30-something-year-old son has just had a horrible diagnosis. She's not saved. And um, so far, all I've managed to say is, I'm going to be praying for you, and I'll be praying for your son. And I have been. But um, my prayer for her is, Lord, open a door for the gospel and show me how to get in. Because I kind of don't really know, and I feel a bit awkward knocking on the door, to be honest, saying, how's your son? Any news? Because I don't want to come across as a nosy neighbor. Do you know what I mean? But I am a concerned neighbor. But anyway, Lord, open the door and show me how to get in. And I just pray that. You know, whenever I walk past her house and whenever I kind of think of her, I pray that. And there are so many situations in life. You kind of need to pray persevering prayers. They may not be long prayers, but they need to be often prayers. Do you know what I mean? The kind of one-liner, hit that thing enough times till it cracks and comes open because of Daniel, spiritual opposition. The best thing, of course, is to get a promise from God because that's your sword and that's your shield. And we so need the shield of faith because the enemy's fiery darts are frequent. 
If he can't get you one way, he'll try and come another, because he's vicious. That's how he is. But if we hold up the shield of faith, when his attack comes, if we hold it up and keep it up, that's our safe place. You are safe behind the shield of faith. But we can't afford to put it down. You can't afford to put your weapons down, your shield or your sword, because your sword is the very thing that's going to take that giant's head off. Stop all of this off in the name of Jesus. And we're going to look at a scripture. It's a bit of an unusual scripture to look at, really, but it came to me this morning. 1 Timothy 1 verse 18. Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. I think it goes on. There's another line to that. Thanks, Lydia. Holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. To fight the battle well means we win it. From God's perspective, there is no win without a win. And he's into winning. To fight the battle well means we win it, but we cannot win it. It is supernaturally, naturally impossible to win without a shield and a sword. Jesus told us we needed weapons because we need weapons, because we have an adversary. So we can't put them down. And the prophetic words once made concerning you, that can be a word you received in prayer last week. It doesn't have to be someone in the office of a prophet spoke over you 30 years ago. This is the fresh things you hear yourself, but we've got to pick them up and use them. To recall it means you bring it to mind, right? Doesn't it? You pick it up again. And if for whatever reason you've put that promise down, I was thinking of Abraham. Abraham, against all hope, in hope, believed. He had massive challenge. How many years did he wait for the promise fulfilled? At 80, he received it. 80, 90, 99. Really, God? And of course, the enemy's always whispering. It's not going to happen. Never going to happen. Look at yourself. Look at your wife. Never going to happen. But it says he didn't consider his own body. He refused to look at the facts. And the enemy's always wanting to draw our attention to facts, circumstances, and then all the feelings come, of course. Emotions always follow thoughts. We need to defeat the enemy with a prophetic word. Hold up your shield and take up your sword and do a Jesus. It is written. God said... Not just another person. God himself has said it's going to be like this. So I don't care what you say. And I don't care how many people you've got operating for you who are going to repeat what you've said in different ways. God said. This is what God said. And his kingdom will come and his will be done, will, will be done on this. And the end of the story is this. That's it. But I wanted to point out as well, it says faith and a good conscience. Did you pick up that bit? Faith and a good conscience. If you don't have a good conscience or you don't have a clear conscience, there's something between you and the Lord or maybe something between you and another person, we have to sort it. We can't afford actually to have anything jeopardizing our channel with the Lord. Um, 
I don't want to find out what shipwrecking my faith looks like, personally. I'm sure you don't either. Uh, I'm just going to finish with Jesus, because why wouldn't you? Jesus, Jesus, start, middle and end. God made human. We're going to go back to Hebrews 4 and verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. He knows you through and through, better than you know yourself. But was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. Let us therefore, because of all of that, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Find mercy and grace for our own needs and find mercy and grace for other people. I've been praying a lot for three people recently. I've been praying for a lot of people, but I've been praying really a lot for three, for three people who are going through serious challenge. And every time I think of them, my heart's moved, you know. It goes out to them. And God wants our hearts moved by the needs of other people, doesn't he? Not so caught up with our own lives that we don't even see what's going on in people around us. Or worse still, we do see, but we don't really care. And you might think, but what can I do? What difference can I make? And maybe there are practical things you can do. But you know, we can always pray. Prayer's not a small thing. Prayer's a powerful thing. Believing prayer shifts heaven and earth. Um, Really get supernatural help to them. Become a channel of what God wants to do to be the solution for those issues. God's chosen to act through people. I think sometimes we can... I've done it myself, veer too far on the sovereignty of God and God will do it, God will do it. But actually God's chosen to bring his will into the earth through believing people who pray. He doesn't intervene unless someone prays because that's the earth he's given to man. Take dominion, rule it for me. Bring my will in through your prayer and through your acts of faith. If we don't pray, there's no power. Think of that. If we don't pray, there's no power. We might know a lot, but there's no power. But the effective, fervent prayer of righteous by faith people makes tremendous power available. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I hope that's been helpful this morning. And we're going to pray. But there's two conditions, if I can put it like that, we're going to pray into. We're going to pray... Those of you who have stopped praying because you've just got so flipping discouraged and heavy-hearted, you've kind of given in, like Peter when he just went back fishing. Well, I'll just deal with natural life because that's what I know and that's what I can handle. Take life into my own hands because it's all too difficult, this spiritual business. I don't understand it, can't kind of grasp it. It's all a bit of a fog. Do you remember Dave Shippham last weekend, Pastor Dave? He said... Do you remember the OLED TV? Pray in tongues for five minutes every day, fog will clear. We're spiritual people. We're meant to deal with life in spiritual ways, have spiritual things going on in our lives that make a difference, clear the fog. Bring God's perspective to you. You know, help you see life from his perspective. And one, uh, it turns out PJ and I have been praying the same three verses for the church. We found that out last week. I said, well, I've been praying Colossians 1, 9 to 11. She said, two weeks I've been praying that. 
Try and remember that. Colossians 1, 9 to 11. Pray that. Pray that over your own life. Pray that for whoever the Lord leads you to pray that for. It's about being filled with the knowledge of God, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. How much do we need spiritual understanding? You know, not just bread and fish and two and two is four. This is what I know. Spiritual perspective. Because he sees further than we see. He sees round corners. And we need so much his perspective on things. So we're just going to pray. If that's you, just kind of got so discouraged with prayer that you've kind of stopped if you're honest all together. Let's just pray together. I'm going to lead you in prayer, but I just want to encourage you yourself. Just pray, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want to do life taking everything into my own hands without you, disengaged. I want to come back to you this morning and pray, Lord, help me to pray simple prayers that are believing prayers that get results. Simple prayers that are believing prayers, that lay hold of you and get results. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to always take everything into our own hands and take the weight and responsibility of everything on like we've got to sort it all and forget about you. You're our source of help. You're where our help comes from. We lift our eyes to you this morning and we pray, Lord, remind us If this is your prayer, just invite the Holy Spirit to remind you to pray. To kind of nudge you from the inside and say, come on, stop stressing, pray about that. Stop reasoning it through, pray about that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you are the strength of our salvation. Thank you, you haven't called us to try and save ourselves. You are our saviour. And Lord, who do you say I am? This morning we say you're our saviour and you're mighty to save. And we just want to declare that here and now in the spirit realm. And to you, Lord, we say you're our mighty God. Wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Lord, help us not do life without you. We need your wonderful counsel. We need you to be mighty God. We need you to be an everlasting Father and our Prince of Peace to make all the difference to our days. But Lord, help us to pray. Help us not ignore you, but to pray. And then the second uh kind of group of people I just believe the Lord wants to speak to is those of you who have not kind of given up praying altogether but you've laid down a promise about a certain situation a particular promise because it's been so long or for whatever reason you've had no sign of encouragement it's kind of all dark and no light on the horizon and no sign of any light He's saying, pick up that promise again. If you didn't have a promise in the first place, go to him. He'll speak. He'll give you a promise. But remember, he doesn't intervene unless we pray. No prayer, no power. So if that's you, just, Lord, I'm sorry. I've dropped my shield on this and I've put my sword down. Help me, Lord, to pick it up again. Lord, I pray that you will speak to whoever that is, however many people there are who are listening 
this morning. And Lord, as they wait on you, thank you for that promise. You renew our strength. Thank you, Lord, for that ability we get in your presence to rise up on wings like an eagle, to no longer be down on the ground looking at everything so close up and so kind of earthbound. But, Lord, you give us that eagle perspective. We ask you for that. Lord, I ask you for that. For every person here, myself included, that eagle, far above it all perspective. That we will run and not grow weary. That we will walk and not be faint. We ask for that, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you. Jesus, you say you're the author and the finisher. You are well able to finish. But Lord, help us to walk with you through the process. So that we see that thing completed. That promise fulfilled. Cross that finish line with a celebration that God is good and what he says happens. Lord, let it be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And one final prayer. I just want us all to pray. I think this would be a great prayer to pray, and hopefully you want to pray this. Lord, help me to pray simple believing prayers that get results. Lord, I pray that for myself. And Lord, I pray that for every single person here and every single person watching online, that you'll help us. Remind us, Lord, when we start to pray, to not just activate our mouths, but activate our faith, that we'll pray and we'll believe we're coming to the throne of grace. God hears, God will answer. There's going to be a different end to this story because God hears and God answers and he will do what he has said. In Jesus' name, for the glory of God and our blessing. Nor God's people said... Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Okay. You can take your seats again. I just want to finish with the Christmas service because I'm sure you are all well aware next weekend uh, is our Christmas celebration. We're, we've got some brilliant invitations. Here it is. It should be up on the screen. Look, aren't they nice? So nice. I'm like, I feel quite proud in a right way, hopefully, to give that to my neighbor and to whoever else. But please pick up, if you don't have some, get some and just pray beforehand. Lord, open a door for the gospel. You go, you chat about it, and you say, come along. Why not? We sing carols. It's really nice. The children are going to do stuff, put you in the Christmas spirit. And it's just such a great place to be, our church. Please come. You know, you say that, but behind the scenes, open a door for the gospel. Open a door for the gospel, Lord. Open a door for the mystery of Jesus in their life. There you go. So that's that. Jesus is the reason for the season, right? He's the reason we can have joy and peace in every season end of. I don't know if you're like me. You see the Christmas adverts on TV, and it's always this perfect scenario. But then I think to myself, you know, real life is not like that. Because there's always somebody at the table out of sorts isn't there? You know, having all the perfect conditions this Christmas is not a guarantee of a great Christmas. It's actually relationship with Jesus, knowing he will hear and he will answer. That's our source of joy and peace. And I was wondering how to finish uh, this meeting. And actually, a song came to me. I love this song. I haven't heard it for, well, probably since last Christmas, by Boney M. Man Will Live forevermore 
because of Christmas Day, Mary's boy child. So we're going to finish it here. We're going to finish online. We can't play it online, but I encourage you, have a look on YouTube, Mary's boy child by Boney M, and have a little dance in your kitchen or wherever it is you are. We're going to do that here. We're going to finish the meeting. Please don't feel you need to sit and listen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaith.com SW.com